You're locked into the Despirito Team Real Estate Show with host and top realtor Emilio Despirito on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. We're talking with industry leaders about real estate trends, money making tips, and advice on buying and selling the American dream. Now, here's Emilio Despirito. Hi, thanks for joining us today. I'm Emilio Despirito, and this is your show all about real estate, the ins, the outs, how to navigate the market, and most importantly, who to do it with to make sure that you have a successful outcome. So we've got a show for you every Sunday here at 10 a.m. You can also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash Despirito team, and you can contact us on our off-air number for any questions at all. It's 401 217 2333 again 401-217-2333 uh so on the line with us uh I wish we were in the studio, but in the Zoom studio with us today is Melissa Delena of Delena Law with well over a decade of experience and uh, her family business out of East Greenwich covering Rhode Island and Massachusetts um, with several decades of experience. We have with us today, Melissa Delena, who specializes in real estate law. Melissa, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me and thanks for listening, everybody. It's great to be back and Hopefully we will be back in person sooner than later. Mm-hmm. Pleasure. Yeah, you bet. You bet. But the Zoom is a little convenient to save time on the drive to Providence, which is nice The back and forth. I estimate like an hour savings, which is, you know, but. I know. I know. It is true. There's there's definitely some pros and cons to it. So maybe there'll be a place for it in the, the future forever. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But there is something to be said for, you know shaking hands and, 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 you know, meeting in person. I do, I do like that aspect of it better. Uh, but anyways, Melissa, so, so buyers, uh, I'm sorry, not buyers, sellers, there's different, yeah. there's, there's a lot of scenarios that sellers can get themselves into when buying and selling congruently. We've mm-hmm. discussed this in the past, but there's also certain language that should be on the purchase and sales agreement to protect these sellers. And specifically, that's pretty much what I wanted to pick your brain about today. Absolutely, Emilio. There are so many um, moving pieces and so many layers of the transactions that we're seeing right now. And at least for now, we're still mostly in a seller's market. I know there's starting to be some conversations about a shifting market and you know, there's some more inventory coming on, but this is what always happens in the fourth quarter routinely anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, we see less buyers and more inventory typically. So I think right now we're still holding fast that it's a seller's market. And as a result, there's really no reason that a seller should not be protected if they have a need to find another house to purchase, or if they've already found another house, incorporate some sort of language that ties the two transactions together such that in the event, God forbid, their simultaneous purchase falls through, then in that case, the house that they have to sell can be delayed accordingly because we never want to see the seller effectively homeless. Mm. Either that, or we need to be having a conversation with those seller clients about their contingency plans. You know, do you have a place that you can go? Do you have family that you can stay with? Are you going to go rent a you know, beach house off market in Narragansett and hold up there? Um, but for the most part, people don't want to do that. They don't want to have two moves. And they want to make sure that they're adequately protected because what's really particularly stressful is that, again, if their initial um, you know, goal is to purchase and sell on the same day and something gets hung up with their subsequent purchase, they need to be able to have their current sale you know, just delay a little bit. We've got to tread some water there. Absolutely. 
So the primary language that we would like to include, assuming that they're already under contract to purchase their new house, let's just say that they were in a financial position where they didn't have to sell their current home, right? Mm -hmm. Is that we want some language that says this sale, 123 Main Street, is contingent on the seller simultaneously purchasing their replacement property at you know 405 North Way or whatever the addresses are, uh, expected closing to take place on or before such and such a date in the event. And, you know, these are all the different languages that can be developed in the event of a delay of said closing, then sellers have the ability to extend this particular matter, one, two, three Main Street for X number of days, weeks, months, whatever. These are all negotiations. And it's it's really important that I think all parties recognize that this is not one size fits all, because as you can see, probably just in this very brief onset of a dialogue that we're having, we really need to make sure we're developing the facts for each individual buyer and seller to make sure that we're adequately satisfying what the parties intend, what is that manifestation? And now how can we get it down in writing with these provisions? Yeah, absolutely. So it's funny that, so, I mean, I've done hundreds of those transactions, Melissa, and that specific language about, um, uh, you, you had said, I'm sorry, you're going to have to say that again, but in regards to them closing on this specific property, mm-hmm. um, uh, we've never used that specific language before. That seems new to me. I've never seen that in an agreement. It's very precise and I like it. It's it's hard to contemplate, Emilio. I think the reason that you've probably never seen it is because usually, well, there's two reasons. One, the seller may not know where they're going yet. So then it's just you know more, well, the seller has to find a replacement property. It's subject to the seller finding suitable housing. And there's actual yes. addendums that the Rhode Island Association of Realtors forms contemplate. It's an entire agreement that says they have X amount of time to find the replacement property, X amount of time to close, so on and so forth. And that's a really nice um, application if they don't know where they're going. Yeah. So the language that I gave you really is more specifically contemplating that they already know where they're going. And they just don't want to have that homeless gap. And I can give you a precise example of this happening in my practice, but it goes back a few years where it was not a seller's market. So my clients didn't actually have that language and were in the homeless position. So here was the fact pattern is that my clients um, were moving forward with a purchase. They were able, you know, financially able to purchase that and sell their other house at the same time. They didn't need to do one first. So that was great. We got them under contract. Then almost immediately they sold their home um, here in East Greenwich. And they were, you know, thinking, great, we're going to have two closings simultaneously. Well, it turned out that there was actually, unbeknownst to anybody, a need for a probate on the property that they were buying. And the probate hadn't even been initiated. Probate is not something that happens at a very quick pace. So we knew that we were facing a minimal 30-day delay And now we were not going to be able to have them sell and then subsequently buy. So we started those dialogues to negotiate additional time in their current home because they weren't going to be able to move. And the buyers of that property said, no, no, we're not Mm. going to give you additional time. No, we're not okay with there being a delay, Um, which splinters into a totally different conversation, right? About whether or not we need to have closings happen on the closing date because there is no time as of the essence in Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, sideline, what would be a reasonable amount of time for the seller to delay the average attorney, I think would um, say about two weeks. 
So going back to that mindset, we were going to need more than the average delay. So we knew that we needed some buy-in from the buyers and we weren't getting it. So my sellers had no choice but to move to a um, uh, apartment. They had to go into a rental situation, like a extended stay for a month while they waited for the probate to be finalized and be able to move forward with their subsequent purchase. Now, if they had had that language in their original contract and the buyer gave them all this blowback about, no, we don't want to give you more time, the buyer wouldn't have had the standing to do that. The seller would have been better protected. And again, going back that that was five years ago, we didn't see the seller's market where that language was negotiated. There's no reason that sellers shouldn't be protected in a seller's market now if their goal is to have one closing fluid buy sell same day. Wow. And so it gets, you know, that's, that's great stuff. And by the way, listen, if you're just tuning in now, or if you're a real estate agent and you want that language that Melissa Delena used, and I'm going to ask her to repeat it again, you can either write it down or you can contact us and we'll email it to you uh, and include Melissa on the email. Um, because this is, it's important to protect your clients. It's important to protect yourself. And there's so many, there's so many moving pieces already in the real estate transaction where one hiccup can derail a transaction or it can really throw you for a financial loop. Not good. So, yeah. Um, and for the agents listening, if there are any, um, you really do have to be very careful in crafting this language, because as I always say, you're the architect of this deal. You know what mm -hmm. the buyers and the sellers intend, and it's now your responsibility to make sure that you're properly reducing this to writing, which sort of dances on the line of the unauthorized practice of law, because now as non-lawyers, you're creating contractual provisions. Normally, the MLS forms, you're just sort of, you know, clicking through and filling in the blanks with things that you've been um, trained to do. But drafting language for a precise agreement that your parties just contemplated that you've never been down that road before, don't do it alone. No. Get your broker involved, get your seasoned fellow, you know, colleagues involved, get the attorneys involved for the respective buyers and sellers, because that's going to be your best protection as an agent and probably the best protection for the client, which is ultimately going to be what you want to do. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And that's one of the reasons why I like to use attorneys from the start. I ask my clients right away, who do you use for a real estate attorney? Sometimes they'll say, oh, I have this attorney. I'm like, well, do they practice in real estate? No, they do estate planning. Well, different. Contact a real estate attorney. They know the contracts. They know the language. They know the process. They know the players. There's so much involved here. You don't want to use either not use an attorney and do it yourself. That is the worst thing you can do. Or you don't want to use an attorney that's not well-versed with real estate. Can they do it? Yes. Are they qualified to do it? I guess, but, but I wouldn't. It's just, I've seen it go down the wrong road before. So Melissa, I got a lot of appreciation for the value you bring to the table um, for real estate agents, for clients, home buyers, home sellers. Can you give us that language before we get off the the uh, the segment one more time that you said um, in regards to finding specific suitable housing for that specific address? What, how would you put that in the yeah, purchase so Assuming that the seller already has a house to go to, they're already under contract to purchase something, and maybe they had a Hubbard on that matter, doesn't matter. On the house that they're selling, they want to contemplate that now the house they're selling at whatever the address is, is subject to or contingent on 
their simultaneous purchase of the property located at blah, blah, blah. You want to designate that address. Yep. Um, To be completed on or before whatever their contemplated date is. In the event of any delays in that transaction, this agreement shall be delayed by the seller or the seller has the ability to delay this closing as well. Something like that, that sort of, and I could type up something that's a little more fluid because obviously this is off my yeah. the top of my head. Um, but out, again, you, you've got to look at what are the parties willing to do? I mean, if it doesn't close on November 5th, is that a deal breaker for this buyer where now a delay isn't going to work? Maybe we need to structure a different type of tail to that provision. You know, you could just stop that they're going to have the closing on or before November 5th, period. Mm -hmm. But I like the idea of reiterating if there needs to be a delay or it's not going to happen, everybody already knows up front, well, then the seller may need to extend this matter. That's my personal preference. I like to restate so that way nobody later can say that's not what we thought was happening. Agreed. Awesome. Great stuff. Thank you very much, Melissa. Uh, Melissa Delana, uh, Melissa Delena with Delena Law, um, one of our partners here at Engel and Volkers. Fantastic. Thank you for all that you do. And thanks for coming on air and schooling us on language sellers <laughs> should use in the purchase and sales agreement. And if you have any questions from Melissa Delena, you can literally pick up the phone and call her office direct, 885-3800. And again, 885-3800, that's 401, of course. And she's licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. So anybody out there in radio land or podcast land or social media land that needs some legal advice in regards to real estate, that's who we recommend. Thank you again, Melissa. Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Have a good one. You're welcome. Hey, stay tuned. We appreciate you being here with us today. We've got a great show ahead of us. This is the Desperado Team Real Estate Show powered by Delana Law. We'll be right back. Now back to the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio. Hey, thanks for joining us today. I'm Emilio Desperado, and this is your show all about real estate, buying, selling, navigating the process. Um, It can be a process too, man, selling and buying a home. Anybody that's done it before knows, and I don't put any, you know, fake sprinkle dust on there and tell you otherwise. We actually guide you through and make sure that we prepare your expectations appropriately so you know what is going to come down the pike now the real estate transaction is not impossible so i'm not trying to say that it's very possible and when you follow you know uh the rules of the transaction the unwritten rules of the transaction and take your advisor's advice you should be all set unscathed walk away unscathed so this takes us to our next topic and the topic comes up more and more frequently, right? And it, and it happens from time to time. So here it is. Ready? Well, why can't I speak to the seller directly? Or that's the buyer asking why he or she can't speak to the seller directly. Or the seller says, well, why can't I speak to the buyer directly, Emilio? So let's go over this because this does happen time to time. And I get it. And I understand. I understand, right? Because you're like, oh, well, I want to just talk to the buyer direct. Why have an agent in between? Well, 
couple of several reasons, actually, but I'm going to hit the main ones today. Number one, you hired a real estate agent to advocate for you. There's several reasons why. Okay, let's first talk about one of the biggest, and that's because what happens is when buyers and sellers start talking with one another, certain promises are made. Yes, I'll paint the room this color and we'll have it done by closing. Or yes, you can have this item and that item and all this other personal property. Or he said, she said, all of that stuff. Now, it's all great and intentions are pure, I'm sure. However, vocal contracts, verbal contracts are not enforceable. And in addition, what happens if all this stuff is not written down? And it may sound simple, but it's not. What happens if all this stuff is not written down and signed on the appropriate paperwork by both parties? And then the buyers go into the closing or they go into the final walkthrough and they say, hey, that couch you promised me, that car that you were including in the sale, the jet ski you were including in the sale, not there. The room is still pink. You said you were going to paint it white. You said you were going to replace that crown molding. So the simplest things can blow things out of proportion. And guess what can happen? It can be a mess. It can derail your closing. It can push it back. And, and furthermore, you've got no leg to stand on because you have nothing that's enforceable. So it's so much easier. You just go ahead, walk in with your agent, talk about what you want, and your agent will work with the other agent to go ahead and make sure it is on paper and enforceable. So that's number one. Number two, well, what about fair housing, right? So this could come into situations. I would like to think never, but it could, and it's a hot button, right? So what happens if, uh, you know, the seller innocently says to you, well, hey, there's another Chinese couple that live right down the road, or there's a synagogue down the road, or whatever it may be, that may violate fair housing depending on how the buyer takes it. So sellers, you got to be careful. And real estate agents know the guidelines. They know the, you know the appropriate things to say, how to say them, when to say them. Because guys, this is a touchy subject in our country. And we want to make sure that we are protecting you and protecting all classes. Okay? It's important. And I know you may be saying, well, that sounds a little ridiculous, but we don't make these things up. This happens. This happens. Um, in addition, you know, certain expectations. What happens if, uh, you know, like I said, outside of things being promised, what happens if the seller discloses information that probably shouldn't be disclosed? It could be financial information. It could be motivation. It could be all those things that your real estate agent should really kind of uh, keep uh, between you and them. And that stuff happens sometimes, you know, it really does. So be careful. There's a whole slew of other items that could happen. I just wanted to share that with you because those are important and I see it happen from time to time. So look, here's, here's where I feel it's appropriate for buyers and sellers to meet. Let's say a seller has a complex uh, mechanical system in their home, like a complex heating system or 
something, you know, that's really difficult to use. Um, well, that would be a situation where the seller and the buyer could meet with both agents right before the closing and the seller could go over it with the buyer. Okay. So that's a reason, or they want to learn how to work the, you know, the pool filter or this or that. Those are all situations that are appropriate and okay. And that should happen right before the closing. So I hope that was helpful. Just a little tidbit of advice. And, uh, and that's it. Our jobs to keep it smooth, keep it going, keep it real and keep you informed. I'm Emilio Despirito, and this is the Despirito Team Real Estate Show powered by Angle and Volkers. We're going to be right back in a couple moments. We're talking finance. We're talking mortgage with Matt Bates of Movement Mortgage. Stay tuned. We'll be right back here on the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920, 104.7 FM, and streaming on iHeartRadio, WHJJ. This segment is brought to you by Matt Bates for Movement Mortgage, NMLS number 844154. Movement Mortgage supports equal housing opportunity, NMLS number 39179, nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Now back to the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio. Hey, thanks for joining us today. I'm Emilio Desperado, and this is the Desperado Team Real Estate Show powered by Movement Mortgage. We've got some great information to share with you today, especially if you're buyers and or selling and buying at the same time. There's a new early release program that Movement Mortgage has, and they're releasing it before several other banks, which allow you to go ahead and lend more at a lower cost. And I've invited Matt Bates with Movement Mortgage to talk about this cost-saving program for conventional buyers today. Matt, welcome back to the show, my friend. Hey, uh, glad to be here. How's how's it going? <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's going, man. It's going. It's going better now that that you're here, Matt. You know. <laughs> Wink, wink. Uh, so yeah, that uh, uh, most recent news coming from Movement Mortgage is that uh, in 2022, the loan limits are going to be adjusted to to cap out at 625, yep. and uh, that's a big deal because they're currently at 548,000, and that's going to be it's over a 75 thousand dollar allowance to go a little bit uh, to do conventional loan. To go up to the six twenty five figure, before this change, you would then be have have to be uh, do a jumbo loan, jumbo. and yep. and jum, jumbo loans are another animal when it comes to financing. Sometimes they have longer turnaround times. They have maybe slightly higher rates. They have strong um, uh, stricter reserve requirements. So you have to have a certain amount of money in the bank after you get done with a purchase transaction. So jumbo financing is a little bit more difficult or a little bit harder for some people to qualify for. And they would much have a much easier time in a conventional mortgage. Um, But conventional financing was capped at the loan at 548. So now movement is doing this early release program where it's 625 now. There are some restrictions. Um, you have to have at a minimum of 660 FICO, um, but if then in your okay. loan to value is kept at 80%. Um, but if you have above a 700, you can go into the higher loan to values, meaning putting less than less money down, maybe 10%, 15%. Um, 
It's a 30-year fixed only, and it's not for investment properties or second homes. So these are only owner-occupied properties. Matt, this is a fantastic program. When did people start having access to this early release of conventional mortgage versus doing a jumbo mortgage with, with, uh, you know, w- with this, with movement mortgage? Uh, it was actually made live uh, October 12th. October 12th. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And, and it's, and now let me just get this straight. It's coming out for most other banks uh, and, and mortgage providers out at brokerages. I would imagine after 2022. Yeah. Throughout the whole country, we're going to be, um, they're expecting to have the loan limits increased to 625 for, uh, the, for the entire country um, as far as uh, a general banking requirement. Um, but movements done this uh, has made it capable of getting a, a little early release to it. So that, uh, the, the restrictions will loosen once 22, uh, 2022 comes around and banks will have an easier time to get to get customers to get approved for it. So we've added a couple of, you know, uh, uh, layers to it to make it a little safer before the actual full announcement. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, pretty soon all banks will be able to have access to it. And we're fortunate enough to have the, the early release of it. Wow, that's awesome. So you know what else you said too, Matt? You said that uh, 660, I believe 660 is the, the credit score that they need. Um, if, you, if they're putting 20% down, they can okay. they can have down to a 660. Uh, but preferably it's about everybody above a 700 for FICO. Yep, yep, got you. So for me, I mean... When someone's borrowing over half a million dollars, a 660 credit score is pretty liberal, I think. I mean, that's pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's <laughs> usually pretty, if, uh, if you're making the type of uh, income that you're fortunate enough to get uh, approved for a half a million dollar loan or higher. Um, usually that goes hand in hand with having a pretty clean credit re- credit report. But you do see it occasionally that, you know, someone had something in the past that it's stopping their score from going up. One thing that we like to really do over here uh, with me and my team is that if someone does apply uh, for all the listeners out there and they might not be quite at a 660 or have a very uh, above a 700 for a mm-hmm. FICO score, we can work with you to get your score to go up. So that way you'll have access to loans like this if it will help. That's key. That's that's key right there, Matt. And I, I can't stress enough to listeners right now that there's so many people in mortgages, there's so many loan officers and bankers right now that'll just say, nope, you're not qualified to move on because they're so busy. Um, but I love that personal touch that Matt and his team give. And they're looking to develop relationships. They're looking to develop referral relationships uh, and, and people that are going to rave about their business. That's an important factor when you're choosing a mortgage company to work with to either purchase or refinance a home because you don't want to just be another number. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I have Matt on the show because I know if you call him or you go to rimortgageguy.com to get more information, he's going to take care of you. And guess what? Matt needs to make me look good too because if I don't look good, there's only so many Emilios in this state. And you know what? Here at Engel and Volkers, it's important to us that uh, that that we've got great reputations in real estate. So that's great, Matt. Yeah, no, it's it's huge. Uh, a lot of time people qualify and they can take it the way that it is, and that's great. Or or how about we do uh, pay something off to get the score to go up so you get a better interest rate, or um, maybe 
you know, take care again, take care of something on the credit reports to qualify for a little bit more money because uh, you don't have this other debt going around. Uh, nobody's born uh, with mortgage knowledge and real estate knowledge. Uh, you have to uh, you have to go through the motions before you can learn a lot of the opportunities. So we're here to help teach people about it. And uh, when new loan programs like this come up, um, it's really exciting because uh, it opens up a lot more doors to be able to help people buy a little bit nicer houses. Um, you know, get them into a, a, something that they weren't able to do before the release program. Um, yeah. There's a lot of different things going on there, and uh, uh, we're real excited about it. Yeah, agreed. That is exciting. Anytime I see mortgage products like that come out, that's really helpful. Again, especially in a market like this. Now, Matt, you know, I, I've seen to switch gears a little bit, like what the market is doing. I see that the market seems to be simmering down. Um, and I'm curious on your take of this. I mean, uh, you know, uh, first off, it's good to see these products that are coming out to support the market. Um, but I feel like if I was a buyer, I would be, you know, full force pedal to the metal right now because days on market have gone up three times as to what they were. Um, you know, we're over 40 days on market now on average in Rhode Island, which we haven't seen the likes of in over a year and a half. You know, we're seeing fewer multiple bid situations. We're seeing it's still a seller's market, but it's now leaning closer and closer to a balanced market. I'm curious because a few weeks back, a month back when we spoke about this, it hasn't hit your end as the mortgage end yet. Are you starting to see more of your buyers that you're working with winning? Are they escalating as high in price? Like what's going on from your end? Um, I am seeing uh, a couple of buyers that be in multiple offer situations. However, it's not, it's not as, uh, it's not as automatic as it was like this time last year, like Mm -hmm. this time last year, it was, it was, just part of the process. Like it was guaranteed that you were going to be in a multiple, a multiple offer situation. Yeah. Now it's happening. Like every couple of deals will have something going on. I also just recently bought a house. And when my house was on the market, there was 250 people that went to it all weekend long. They had three open houses and there was just a traffic jam of cars up and down the road. And uh, my neighbors just put their house on the market last week and they haven't had anybody like zero people show up and uh, same neighborhood, not same type of house, not the same price point uh, off by maybe like uh, 50 to $75,000 that this, my neighbor's house is uh, about that uh, cheaper than mine. So there's are some things that are not as comparable, but still given the the nature of the way that the market was last year, you would think that there was at least going to be uh, a line of people to check out this. It's a really beautiful house and mm-hmm. they're just not showing up. So, you know, I'm a little, a little curious as to, as to why is that a market uh, indication is that our realtors, uh, you know, they have the wrong agent uh, marketing their property or um, a combination of both. Who knows? So pricing, my eye could, is, be off. Uh, pricing could be off. Yep. So my eye is on that because I want to use that as an indicator to see what the, what's going on in my neighborhood as far as the, the market condition. Yeah. Um, and I do see occasionally like, you know, before last, around last year, pre COVID there was like a, a house sign, uh, a first sale sign, maybe once 
every couple of houses. And occasionally I see two houses next to each other with signs next to them. So that means that, you know, these houses are, are going up for sale and they're not selling that same day, like uh, our same week that we were used to uh, about six months ago. And the inventory is going up a little bit. So yeah. Um, yeah. I'm definitely keeping my, my, my eye on the ball as far as the, what the market's looking like, but there's a couple couple things that are going to tell us in the next couple of weeks where we're going to be at. Yeah. Agreed. I'm seeing the same thing. And you know what else I'm seeing too, is that, all right. So when COVID, when COVID hit, we like lost half of our inventory. So it went something like 1200 homes on the market down to like 600 homes very quickly. And what we were left with for the most part was just say like 400 of those 600 I don't know if that's an exact number, but I feel it's pretty accurate. Were homes that were sitting on the market for a hot minute because they were just a mess, or they were homes that weren't selling because they needed a septic system, or they needed, you know, to be updated, or they had a needed a, they had a tarp on the roof, or just and those homes that needed work or needed updating were selling like hot cakes because guess what? There was no other option. So people a lot of sellers have blinders on and those blinders they're not helping you when you don't have a real estate advisor that's coaching you through the process or a team of people that are saying hey listen you know what look you got to price this home appropriately for the updates that are needed or one of the big things that's happening now and i just had a conversation with several of my sellers matt is you know people are getting picky on, okay, they're walking in, all of the walls are red. Well, there's blogs out there. There's information out there that support homes with red walls. Don't sell that great. So now we have to have conversations with our clients like, like that. Like, hey, you got to paint your walls. And they're always like, what? No one was doing this. Why? But yes, the market has shifted. Now we need to paint our walls neutral colors. We need, if you want that high price, you know, you got to do certain things if you want that high price. Tough conversations to have with sellers, um, but, you know, there's more inventory out there now. Inventory has well over doubled. We're around 1,400 single family homes on the market now in Rhode Island, and buyers have far more choices, and there's fewer buyers now than there were. Yeah. You know? No, it might be in seasons. It might be, you know, I don't know. I, 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 there's a couple of different uh, motivating factors that, yeah. And also interest rates are, are not, are, are starting to tick up a little bit. There's a the, little bit there. They're low threes right now. I think consumer confidence is shaken. I think people are going in Michael's arts and crafts, wondering why the shelves are empty, wondering why their gas prices are so high, wondering why taxes are, are, are uh, increasing on, on, on our import our imports are going up. Uh, can't get, you know, the, the, the chips for the, uh, for cars right now, for brand new cars, it's really hard to make, you know, I think, uh, it was a GMC. I think it was GMC that they can't find the computer, computer chips. Yeah. They can't uh, manufacture the, the computer chips they put to, to meet the demand for the new automobiles. Yeah. For the, so they're all on hold and you can't get new cars and the car one good, you know, anybody that's looking to sell a car or used car, they're going for all the money right now because the new cars aren't coming out. So if you're ever thinking about selling your car, you should probably say, <laughs> but it just, it goes along with the consumer 
uh, read on the market and the cost of living, the cost of goods. All right. Great segment, Matt. Appreciate you very much. If you have any other questions in regards to mortgage, refinance, purchase, jumbo loans versus non-jumbo loans, et cetera, I want you to go to rimortgageguy.com or the rimortgageguy.com. Check it out again, the rimortgageguy.com, and you can connect directly with Matt. Fill out an application there as well. We appreciate you listening to the show. Matt, thanks for being here with us. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. And this is the Desperado Team Real Estate Show powered by Movement Mortgage. We'll be back momentarily. Now back to the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio. So you can see Right. We have Jennifer Jaber with riblogger.com. She's going to share with us the top five events happening in Rhode Island over the very near future. Jennifer, welcome back. Thanks for having me. You know, it's a pleasure. Thank you. We've got some um, Halloween spooky themed events coming up. Saturday, October 23rd um, is Spooky Zoo at Roger Williams Park Zoo. (laughs) <laughs> Side note, I think we already talked about it. They have the obviously the Jack-o'-lantern spectacular going on as well, but this is the daytime. It's 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. It offers autumn-themed fun for the whole family. Trick-or-treating starts at 10 a.m. and it says as long as supplies last. So if you're planning on trick-or-treating, probably best to get there slightly on the early end and they'll be providing free trick-or-treat bags. Um, if you're not a member, you have to get your time ticket online and the rain date is October 24th, which is that Sunday. This actually, I really, really, really want to make a point to go to this Friday, October. It says it's um, for all ages too, but Friday, October 22nd is the Vampire Circus at Stadium Theater at 8 p.m. It's a fusion of Cirque Theater, comedy, and cabaret. Um, The Vampire Circus features off-the-wall characters, death-defying acrobats from all over the globe. Um, There's electrifying special effects, and you're going to be taking on like a mystical journey through an abandoned 19th century cemetery. And it says all ages. I know that my child is a chicken, so I don't know if she would handle it or not, but um, it says family friendly. So it seems really um, like a great kind of Halloween themed evening. That sounds great. Um, Saturday, October 23rd is the Halloween pet costume photo event at Butterfly Farm in Lincoln. It's from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. It's a Halloween pet costume photo shoot and it's a fundraiser for Save the Silos. So your photo donation price is $25 and all um, proceeds go directly to save the silos. Wednesdays, every Wednesday is ladies night and um, free play bingo from 6 to 9 p.m. at 210 Oyster Bar. Um, The evening features $6 martinis and half off select appetizers. And right now they are running their fall themed cocktails. So definitely a good time to go get a pumpkin spice martini. And Sundays and Wednesdays, um, in October is the Providence Haunted Boat Tours. They're at 6, 7.30 or 8 p.m. and you have to have a reservation. Captain Peter and guest guides will introduce you to some of Providence's longest lingering residents um, as you cruise through the waterways surrounded by the moonlit bridges and obviously the century-old parks. Um, you'll learn about the dearly deceased but not so departed guests. And they have two special nights, October 31st, which is Halloween, 
and November 1st, which is the Day of the Dead, and it's the Haunted Boozy Boat Ride. And the tickets are $50 each and include a narrated 60-minute tour with complimentary wine and Prosecco, and costumes are encouraged. So you might want to pick one of those two dates when you go, and that's obviously that one, that particular night's are 21+. plus. Wow, that's awesome. Good stuff, Jennifer. Thank you very much. And uh, wow, it is. I can't believe that summer came and gone. Fall is going to be gone before you know it. And it's going to be ski season, Christmas time, Hanukkah time. It's going to be a great time. Good stuff. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Appreciate you being here, sharing all the events of all the seasons with us in lovely Rhode Island. One of my favorite places in the world. Appreciate you very much, Jennifer. Thank you. And check her website out, riblogger.com. Don't forget, you can post your events free of charge. And you can also ask her about advertising your business in their business directory and on other pages, riblogger.com. Thanks again, Jen. Thanks. Have a great week. You're welcome. You too. I'd like to thank Matt Bates with Movement Mortgage, as well as Jennifer Jaber, riblogger.com, Melissa Delano with Delano Law, John LaPointe with LaPointe Insurance, and most importantly, you for keeping this show alive and well and thriving. Feel free, give us a call on our off-air number for any help or questions with real estate, 401-217-2333. Thank you very much, and we'll be back next week. Take care. I'm Emilio Desperado, signing off.